Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. G'day guys, how you going? This is just um, a bit of a midweek show. Probably not going to get in the habit of doing this much, but it's a quick uh, interview I did with Josh Harris, who was on an episode about two weeks ago. So Josh, in that interview, spoke about how he was going over to Japan to uh, attempt to qualify for the World Championships in the marathon, and he did. He went over and um, he ran the qualifying time under 2 hours and 19 minutes, by running two hours, 17 minutes and eight seconds. And I thought what a good opportunity it would be to get him on the podcast again and have a bit of a chat and unpack that race. Um, if you're a running nerd like me, this kind of content's gold. I love the kind of the splits, talking about what he had for nutrition, talking about what races he's going to do now, how the body feels, all those kind of things. Um, it was simply a Skype call and we hit record, so I haven't edited any of it out at all, but just thought it'd be gold to be able to share it, to be able to hear uh, the reflection of the details we heard a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about anticipating that race. So enjoy, it goes for about 40 minutes, um, all the details are there. There is a video of the last his last 600 meters, so it shows him coming onto the athletics track and running 200 meters and then running the last lap and just how emotional he was at the finish line and how good he looked. He looked um, amazing, finished full of running. Um, I'm going to tweet that link out. I'm not doing show notes for the podcast or anything like that. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, my um, handle is just at Brady Trailful. And if you go through my tweets, it will be in there somewhere to have a bit of a look at. Highly recommend, worth, um, worth looking at. And it's going to make the content in this podcast even more engaging for you. Cheers. Enjoy the podcast. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good. Congratulations. Yeah, cheers. Oh, cheers. Stoked for you. Stoked for, yeah, uh, for you. 
Love, love going back through and seeing like the tweets as as they updated, mate, and you started getting excited. Yeah, we were getting real edgy around here, mate. We were um, just having a lazy Sunday arvo by the swimming pool, and every sixteen yeah. minutes we were just getting out to refresh the uh, <laughs> refresh the splits, and just and you just kept getting quicker. Yeah, um, yeah, like the the twenty to thirty k mark set it up and. Yeah, that was. I think the other three 10k splits were all pretty similar, but that one was about 35 seconds faster than the others. Yeah, yeah, no, it was um, so good to follow. And because that's the only bit of data you get, yeah, it just like when you went through halfway, and I think I tweeted about, um, I hope he got there as easy as possible. Like, I remember seeing that when we, um, you know, watching you from 20 meters back at Berlin. Yeah, uh, you know, sixty-eight, and I'm just like, oh, hope it um was much easier than that, but but that's all good. But let's yeah, yeah, let... yeah it was so like yeah, it's it's really hard to say. Even at fifteen k, I, I thought to myself, yeah, I feel good, but do I feel any better than I did at Rotterdam when I when I blew out the window? And I was like, oh, I don't know. But um, yeah, by by about 22, 23, I knew I was feeling pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's go back to the very start, though. Yeah. Left um, Tassie via Melbourne flight. What's that? Sorry? Did you leave? You went, did you have to go via Melbourne on the yeah, flight so, over? Yep. So I went Melbourne, then Melbourne to Guangzhou in China, then China to Osaka, and then I uh, had a hour or so on the train up to Kyoto. Yeah, that's a that's a big trip then. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit bigger than what I thought. Um, like it was quite a bit harder than if you were just going to say Tokyo. Yeah, it's a lot of stopovers and just kind of wasting energy in airports and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I, I left it a pretty good time of day. I thought like I had the full day um, at home in Lonnie beforehand and jumped. Like the main flight was overnight, so managed a couple hours sleep and then. You know, I knew I just had to get to the hotel that, that afternoon slash evening and I'd be fine. Yep. And the Japanese hospitality, they um, look after you? Unreal, mate. Like, that's the it's the best service I've ever got. Yeah, uh, tell us about it. I've heard that from, like, Zacker and that, that they just treat you like superstars. Yeah. So I I paid for my flights um, and then that was, that was well before, I, like, I came over and then... I emailed them about accommodation. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll put you up here. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So I got there, and I'm at this hotel. And I'm like, wow, like, this is the real deal. It was, I, I don't know if it was a five-star, but, you know, to me it felt like it was pretty much five-star. Um, so I had a big room to myself and then um, kind of just chilled out um, until the official kind of formalities that they had. But then once I was introduced to the like the race directors and stuff like that, they were amazing. And, you know, they, they told us where we had to be, asked us what we wanted for lunch afterwards, told us when the buses would be there and, you know, set up a pre-race party and a post-race party as well. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome. Oh, it's got to take so much thinking out of it and just all that logistics is just gone and you just got people looking after you. Yeah, 100%. And then even, like, some of the in-race logistics like the drink stations are just managed beautifully um you know the the drink tables every 5k is set up so that it's based on your bib number um and there's lots of room between the tables but by the stage that we um start to spread out a bit they were just easy to find 
they even had sponge stations um, between the 5k drink stations so you know that was good to cool down as well just things like that just made it smooth yep and um, the race was kind of a midday start or something wasn't it right yeah right in the Arvo? yeah that's another thing that I liked the race started at 12:30 so um, I actually had the best before the race sleep I've ever had I had about eight hours which is you know, probably about four more than I'd usually get before a marathon. And you know, I woke up about you know, just before seven and I had time to relax, time to go and have a pretty solid breakfast. Um, what did you have? have? Um, so I was up at a buffet. I had a couple of bready type things. <laughs> and then I probably, at the pre-race um, dinner, I probably struggled. I didn't get any pasta in and like I wasn't too fussed about that, but I saw a little bit of pasta at the breakfast and just grabbed like a little scoopful um, just just to get the mind probably feeling like, oh, yeah, you've had some pasta. Um, so, yeah, got a bit of that in, um, nothing too special. And then because of the race at 12.30 between, I was able to have a banana. Um, I think I might have even had a gel after the warm-up because it was there. But, yeah, I, it was good. Yeah, awesome. And then what was the um, warm-up kind of routine like? Yeah, well, you so ran I, in the morning, didn't you? Did you just do a shake-out? Yeah, yeah. I did a 10-minute jog when I woke up um, just because, you know, I've got a bit of a dodgy ankle and it always feels better after a bit of a jog, so got moving. Um, and then started my warm-up jog about 55 minutes prior. Um, there was just a couple of things before the race. Um, I wasn't sure when we'd have to line up and stuff like that. So just made sure I was on time and, and all that kind of stuff. So just did just around the track. So everyone was just doing their own jog around the track. Um, I just did 2K really slow and then I, I started to feel pretty good and I just put down a third K at about four minutes um, just to kind of get ticking over a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I felt, felt pretty good in that. Did didn't really do strides as such i probably did two little um run throughs at a decent pace but my body was feeling pretty good warm enough that i could have jumped straight into marathon pace yep 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 and then um gun goes you gotta do a lap of the track before they send you out on the road yeah that was that was pretty hectic um and i i managed to find a couple of little videos of it as well um so i i was in the third or fourth row um and they were they were from lane one right out to if you've got your normal athletics track they were right out on this curved line to where like a lane 13 or 14 would be <laughs> um so gun goes it's crazy i i'm not running with my arms by my side my arms are just right out in front of me just so they can react to any kind of any kind of movement so fair bit of stuff going on the first first lap and a half but um I was in a good spot. I know I got overtaken by quite a fair um, few people, but we got out on the road about the 600-meter mark, and I spotted um, spotted the, the American guy um, that had run 2.15. I spotted the Irish guy who was hoping for 2.16. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm somewhere around around the mark here, and then had a look at the time, and the first K was you know, within reason about what I wanted. Yeah, and did you um, talk to them before the race? How did you know those times? I uh, didn't know the American, um, but saw saw his times. In they had like a little event booklet, 
yep. with everyone's PBs and seasons bests and stuff. And then the Irish guy we met at the um, athlete briefing the day before, and um, and then we sorted out to take our drinks over together um, because we had to do that 7:30 in the morning on race day. Okay. So we Jack Colrevi and I chipped in um, for a taxi to help help him get over. So he did that, and then he did his shakeout around back. So we met him. We caught the bus to the track with him. He told us he was um, going to try and run smart for the first time in his career after 27 marathons and um well he managed to do so and then yeah so when i saw him out there i thought yeah okay so i'm, I'm around the money yeah and just looking at the splits like you were with him the whole way yeah ridiculous yeah, so he, like everything was the same up until 40k yeah he wanted to run 216 and he wasn't quite on pace early, and he said he just wasn't quite feeling that that extra few seconds of K um, was comfortable. So, ended up that he wasn't quite running that pace, and he was, but he was strong enough that, you know, he, he was doing a fair majority of the work out there, and um, kind of towed me along for a fair bit, and we ran together until I think it was about 37. Yeah, um, yeah, right. So the early stage of the race just felt like you were jogging. Yeah, it, 16, it did, 20, but first 5k, 16:22. Yeah, 16:20. Yeah, I tried to try to sit in the pack as as much as I could, but at that point there were there could have been a hundred people in the pack. Like it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Lots of clipping going on, so it was a little bit hard to fully relax. And then I also thought in the back of my head I was really close to the front of that pack, and I know I kind of was in Rotterdam as well, and I felt like I could have been off the back of that pack doing nothing but kind of stayed there um around the irishman and then i saw jack was there as well and then between yeah 16 20 i think it was roughly and then between five and ten we kind of um asserted ourselves just behind probably the leader or two of the pack and then before about 10k and then that's after then thomas the irishman kind of went to the front and then the three of us pretty much were at the front of the group um for the next stage yeah it's funny looking at have you seen these results where they got you all your 5k splits yeah I, I had a look and i think we were 100 through 5 or 10 yeah i don't know if it's got where, what position you were through here but there's a guy who finished like two spots behind you in 28th and he went through the first 5k in 1502 <laughs> then he ran 1450 1458 1511 1501 and then just started to detonate, like yeah, uh, I've four. seen yeah, yeah, I've seen seen the results of a lot of the other guys, and yeah, all of the twenty five people that ended up in front of me ran a lot quicker than I did the first half. Because Bogues banging out quicker five um k's than what I ran in Melbourne the other week. It's unbelievable. They're um yeah, they're <laughs> smashing it. And was yep. it, and you knew that you said that in last week's podcast episode that you knew they were just going to go crazy and just let them go. Yeah, but the. The thing that was on my side on Sunday was the fact that I still had two two people there that were running smart and sensibly. So, you know, I was in Japan, I had heaps of competition, conditions were good, but then I had the other factor, the people to run with. Yeah, and to trust in that, you know, this is yeah. going to be a train that's going at this pace until you know, yeah. late in the race. Yeah, the, the trust was huge and, you know, I... I was talking to the boys a little bit, kind of asking, you know, how you feeling, how you going, and I think I was just relaxing for all of us, kind of like what we had in Berlin. We had a bit of a chat to each other, but um, yeah, like this time I was just feeling so much better. Just going five minutes slower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah. So the 
you know, the pace pace felt good. I was I went from looking at pace on my watch and then at 5K, I changed it to my screen that has my heart rate data on it for, for whatever reason. I felt like the pace was just kind of sorting itself out and I didn't have to worry about that. So, yeah, I turned it to the heart rate screen and just kind of monitored that. Yeah, right. And what were you sitting at? Um, early on, I was around 160 and I was like, oh, okay, this is good, this is good. Uh, and then still low 160s out to the halfway turn and... Like, you know, I thought, okay, this this should be good. Um, you know, and, unless my heart rate's not going to be able to go up today, like I should still have a bit of room to move in this second half, hopefully, and I did. And you did, yeah. So you went through halfway in sixty-eight fifty-three. Is it was it just an out and back course? Yeah, it was it was fully out and back, but there were a couple of different turnarounds, like so probably different wind directions. So I felt like um, we. Pr- you couldn't feel much the first 15k, and when we turned north up to the turnaround, it felt like we had a bit of a headwind, and so our 10 to 15 split was pretty good, but then the 15 to 20 was a bit slower again. Yeah, 16 but, you know, we were, yeah. Yeah, we, we were running quick enough that, you know, I just didn't worry about it. I was, you know, we're still sub 218, that's fine. And so as soon as we hit the turnaround, Thomas um, lifted the pace a bit, and we instantly dropped everyone else in the pack and there were just the three of us. And I think, according to my Garmin, we ran a 304 um, wow, pace yeah. somewhere in there. And, um, you know, I, as I said, I wasn't looking at my pace, wasn't focused on it so much. I just knew that we were running well and that it, it didn't hurt, so it didn't matter if it was, you know, a 305 at that point. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was good. We hit... As, oh, sorry, because of the headwind, I thought we had 15 to 20. I thought, okay, so we've got to get after this 6K section that gets us to about 27 um, because chances are we might have a bit of a headwind that last 13Ks. Um, so, yeah, the the 25K split was very promising. That was the quickest 5K split I've ever done in a marathon. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of just held that same, same-ish pace till 30. I, I know it was... A little bit slower that next five, but it was still pretty up tempo. Yeah, it was like ten seconds difference on these on this um sheet. Yeah, yeah, but still, like when you're you know sixteen ten, that's still well under pace, and things were still feeling good. Um, and you know, the I was still having a bit of a chat to the boys, so and that's kind of we turned for home at about the twenty seven twenty eight k mark when we um, had to pretty much run north um, or north northwest to the finish. Yeah, right. And then, um, yeah, you finished up in 16.24 and 16.17 and then 6.59 for the last two and a bit. Yeah, so I hit the, hit the 30K split and I worked out now that, you know, we could run slower than 320s and still get the get the qualifier. And for, for a moment there, like, I kind of got a bit, like, I've done it. Yeah. Uh, but then, then I was quickly reminded, and I said this to a few people, that, I'd see a Kenyan or a Japanese guy just collapsed or crawling along the road, and I thought, no, nah, you, you you haven't done it. You still gotta still gotta be out there. You still gotta keep ticking off these Ks. Um, you know, I feel good at this point, but anything can happen in this next forty minutes or so. And so I said to Thomas, I said, yeah, I feel good, but uh, there's no need to take any risks at this point. Um, it was from there that I kind of went to the front, and I was doing the work, but. I didn't feel like I was doing anything excessive, so I was just kind of 
kept our rhythm that we had through to 35. And that's about that's about the point I could start to sense that um, the boys were getting a bit tired. Um, and then I was getting those positive signs from the from the splits. I knew that I was on 217 pace and I knew I still felt pretty good and I knew I had to slow down massively to not run 219. And then um, the funny, probably the funny thing was, and when I really knew I was on, we went through a sponge station with about 5K to go and I finished with a sponge and I saw a bin and I tossed the sponge straight, swish into the bin <laughs> and I, that's when I kind of took off. I was like, yeah, we're on here. and. Yeah, so I made made a bit of a bit of a surge and uh, just kind of held it together, um, you know, around that pace, and then got to about two two k to go, and I knew that I still had still had some decent legs left. Um, you know, aerobically and breathing wise, I felt so comfortable, like I felt like I was doing a training run. It was just the legs that were starting to get tired at that point. Yeah, you didn't get the wobbles up or anything. Like you were pretty. Like no, nah, nah, like technique felt strong, smooth. Um, you know, thirty six. When I got to like thirty six, I just told myself, just hold these two k splits under three twenty. And I was looking at my Garmin and doing that. So then thirty eight, same thing, do forty. And then once I got to forty, um, you know, I was like, just hold this pace till you get inside the track, pretty much, because um, I knew when I got to the track there was six hundred to go, and. So I think by then I was running probably just over three tens, maybe three twelves. And that's a good thing um, that anyone can do in their running. Like it's, I've done that all the time. You kind of give yourself permission to slow down just a tiny bit. Yeah. But you still manage holding the same pace, but it just relaxes everything, and you give yourself yeah. a good breathing space, and it just it's perfect. Yeah, it's it's exactly right. Like it's so much better than when you're getting the other side of that, and you're like, oh damn, I got to got to run this time to do this. Yeah, like I. And that 3.20 pace that I needed to run the time was obviously because I was running quicker and I was getting closer to the finish. That was just blowing out. And so to run the time, I needed to run 18 minutes for the last 5K. And I was like, yeah, well. So confident. Yeah, I was like, that's, that's going to be pretty easy the way, the way I've done these last few. Um, yeah, got into the track and um, that was 600 to go. And I knew I was going to run just up. At that point, I was thinking sub 217.20. And then, yeah, just ran around the track pretty strong. Looked at the time at the bell, and I thought, oh, 217. That's, that's could happen. But, um. You mean sub 217? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The sub 217. I thought if I run a big last 400, it's possible. But then I kind of. I, I don't know. Like, the emotions all hit me at once. And I, I started to think, like, I'd had a tough week. And then I'd also just, you know, two seventeens, probably likely, you know, like to make the world champs. You know, you never know what could happen. But I thought to myself, you know, I've worked so hard for so many years now, and it kind of all just hit me in one instant when I hit the bell. And so I spent a fair bit of that last four hundred kind of tearing up a little bit. And so even though I had a little bit left in the legs there, um, you know, I just I just kind of ran strong through to the finish, and then. Yeah, I watched I the video, that. mate. It looked awesome. Yeah, oh, it was. You great. looked like you in your first lap, not after um, forty-two <laughs> k. Yeah, I looked better than most of the others. That's for sure. Oh yeah, um, it's, it's you a know, huge disasters. Yeah, I saw Jack. Um, so I'd I'd one fifty to go, and he had 
So he was 50 metres ahead of me. Yeah. And I swore in there. And I was like, oh, man, he's hurt. And so I just yelled. I was like, come on, Jack. Because I knew he was, like, on pace, but it was probably starting to become a bit touch and go. And you can but, see in his technique, like, he just, yeah, he was done. Yeah, he'd, he'd put everything out there. And, oh, geez, he ran so well as yeah, well. he was, was awesome. Second marathon to to run that well and to run that strong, especially in that 20 to 30K section. Like that's that's unreal, and he he deserves to go. So you know, I gave so him... many people go to Bwa, and the opposite happens. Like they're gonna mm. have their breakthrough run. They're gonna run two seventeen, two sixteen, and then it's two twenty eight. Yeah. So if you so two to both have awesome ones, we both did. But you know, we we were able to work together, and also um, we did get good conditions. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Like in the past, I've heard it's been either rainy, windy. Apparently, sometimes it can be a bit hot, um, but, you know, for us, conditions were pretty much ideal, and so I think everything just aligned and came together, and, yeah, so, you know, I crossed the line in 2.17.08, and I still felt felt pretty good, so I don't know if that means I've got a bit more in me, or if, you know, that's just how things feel when you have one of those good days. Yeah, so what kind of things were going through your head? You kind of, you, it's almost good finishing on the track because you got so long and it's such a, con- well, you nearly got taken out, but it's such a controlled <laughs> environment um, yeah. that you kind of can have some thinking time and know, almost know the result, especially when you're feeling good. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, I think even if you were hurting, I reckon you could probably find a bit extra on the track than what you would on the road because, you know, you've done so many, so much on the track in your life, I reckon. You get to 400 to go, and it's 400 to go. Um, whereas on the road, it can feel like an age. But when I was on for a good one, I just knew that, you know, I, so many thoughts came into my head, you know, about possibly realising that world champs goal, about possibly, you know, doing the big goal under after a pretty stressful week that I had leading in, just all things like that. And, you know, I remember seeing a video of Millie when she had her breakthrough in Amsterdam and, you know, she she kind of said that similar emotions ran through her head and, you know, I can I can exactly um, kind of see what happened to her on that day. But it was it was like a victory lap of, of sorts because, yeah. you know, I knew I had that time covered, so it was awesome. Yeah, no, that's so good. And you can just – I'll put the links up of the video. You can just see it on your face. Like, it's just it's almost like it's that – someone's boxed the emotions of Rotterdam and Berlin and the kind of everything and it just explodes in that last 50 metres. Yeah, and then even, like, not just that, just even thinking back to being a 17-year-old kid and writing down on a bit of paper, you know, I want to qualify for the Olympic Games, World Champs or Com Games. And then at that that point, that goal's just, that's just a bit of writing on a piece of paper because you're at a, at a national junior camp with some with some high quality athletes and stuff, you know there was no more specificity in the goal than that. It was just make a team, and you know potentially if I do make the team, I'm going to have to start to make some more specific goals. Yeah, get the singlet. That's everyone's goal, isn't it, to represent your country? That, that's it, mate. That's and especially it. in the marathon, like it's I don't know, it's just got so much to it. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be able to have the breakthrough run and I'm looking forward to what's to come now. Yeah, so let's talk about that. What's the process now for um, selection times? Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm currently third fastest. The window closes at the end of May. 
the first and second fastest and fourth fastest, as far as I'm aware, don't plan to go. Yep. Um, so, just which, explain why they wouldn't want to go, just if yeah. random people so, are listening. Yeah, so the Commonwealth Games are pretty early next year, and I, I believe the Commonwealth Games window is quite short. So our two best marathoners, um, Liam and Michael, I, I believe that they're trying to chase a good Commonwealth Games qualifying time to focus on that. Um, so that puts me potentially number one or number two on the list and you know they'll probably take three and so that basically means that two or three people will need to run faster than my time in the next couple of months um, to kick me off the team and the fact that it's our best marathoners that are the ones that um, aren't aren't um, wanting to to pursue the world champs this year kind of means that it needs to be some some new blood I guess some new people that haven't run quicker than what I have before Apart from Brad Milosevic, but everyone yep. else wouldn't have a quicker PB than me. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think. And Jack's just um, gone around two a minute behind you, so that's one yeah. possible person that's put his cards out. Yeah, exactly. So I said, I said to Jack at thirty, I was like, mate, let's let's hold strong, and we could both be going to London. And you know, he's every chance as well. Um, obviously, he's going to be slightly more nervous than I am, but you know, I still think he's a really good chance. Um, I guess it's just now that I'm in that position that I'm really nervous. But if I was looking from the outside, then I'd probably be pretty confident about it. Yeah, and you even said to me a couple of weeks ago, as long as you run under, you know, two nineteen. Yeah. So that was the yeah. goal, and that you were fairly confident if you ran two nineteen, you'd get picked, and you've just ran two seventeen oh eight. Yeah, so it does give me a bit of breathing room. But then once you've done it, you start to think, oh, geez, have I have I gone off too early on that call? Um, yeah. You know, there's, there's guys out there that have have potential you know like Dewey Yoa, Harry Summers both of those guys have got dangerous times at the shorter distance I don't know if they're doing marathons at the moment but you know they're capable if if things go right and so it kind of just makes you a bit worried um, especially having done it with a few months to go yeah but just worry about what you can control yeah exactly and that's that's what I've said I've I've got to now prepare as if I'm racing on August 6th then you know my my plans have changed from that run like I've taken taken every second off since the race and I plan to take more off um, just to you know really really do exactly what I would to get ready to peak on the 6th of August yeah so what was that phone call have you called work and just said don't bother talking to me I'm uh, going to the world no, champs no, de- definitely not like the next the next few months like I'll or well, next few weeks anyway, I'd love to get a bit of work just to try and kind of get a bit of cash because I, I'm probably now most likely to be, you know, away for an extended period of time around World Champs. So, you know, I need to have a bit of cash. Um, so I just haven't ran this week. And, you know, I was probably planning to keep running, kind of not run through, but have a bit less of a rest after this one. But after the time I ran, I've just got to do the smart thing and prepare for a marathon in August. Yeah, hopefully there's some corporate um, fun runner out there who knows how hard it is to run 217 marathon and can give you a phone call and donate some money or something, mate. Yeah, that's it, as well as as well as well other organisations that I'd, I'd potentially take a phone call from that I, that I don't happen to have any support from as yet, but I'd like some. Yeah, we well, got big numbers on that first episode with you, so hopefully um, someone's <laughs> listening out there. Oh, beautiful. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's good. Like, 
regardless of if I get chosen or not, my my key races leading in wouldn't change. I don't reckon. So yeah, you know, I I do. I do Lonnie Ten and Gold Coast Half regardless. I think as they they're both usually key races and they both would fit in well with the schedule of the World Champs. Um, but if I if I do happen to get selected, that's probably the only races I'll look to do because you know end of the day marathon training's the, the most specific thing to to the marathon. So you know that'd be good hit outs, but I wouldn't do much more racing than those. I don't reckon. Yeah, and you're pretty familiar in those races as it is, so. Good opportunities to run fast and nothing new there. Yeah, exactly. Good time of year. Like the the Gold Coast race would be four or five weeks out. Yeah. Um, you know, off this breakthrough, could potentially see myself running a sixty four or something that at the Gold Coast. Um, For sure. Yeah. And then you know, Lonnie, it's two k from home, so you know, I'll be there regardless. Yeah. Um, what about nutrition during the race? What did yeah, you do? So I I had a drink set up at each of the five k drink stations. Just in case, that was that was probably more than what I would normally put out on a course, but because it was there, I took it. Um, I had had five stations that had water with a gel inside them, and there were three stations that had water with a bit of um, SOS rehydrate sachet mixed in. Um, so I kind of alternated those up a bit, and I didn't really didn't really drink much of them. I I probably took a, a couple of sips at every one, but you know, that was 300 mil drinks, and I probably only took 50 mil at each. I felt, I felt for most the most part that I didn't really need need that much more. And um, I also had a gel and a couple of caffeine tablets in my pocket, but I, I just kept them in there the whole race, so I didn't really didn't really feel in danger of needing the gel and the caffeine that I'd planned to have at 25. I th- when I got to 25, I thought, no, I feel pretty good, so. Didn't worry about that. And then um, the other good thing, it's not nutrition, but as I said, the sponges were just handy because it wasn't hot, but the sponges I just found cooled me down a degree or two and that kind of kept me going until the next one. And that's what you spoke about at Berlin that might have been one of the problems, just getting too hot. So it seems yeah. like this was perfect weather. Yeah, I think um, conditions were probably between 10 and 15 degrees throughout the whole run. Um, probably on the warmer side at the start and probably got cooler, which is definitely better than the other way around. And then it started off sunny and got cloudy. So again, that kind of was in our favor as well. Perfect. Marathon guides are on your side. Yeah, I, th- I think they were, mate. I think they were. Um, so what happens afterwards? You finish and it's what, 2.30 in the Arvo? Yeah, so 2.30, I you know, congratulated and thanked the Irish guy and Kind of had a quick chat with Jack, and he he was pretty cooked. Um, yeah. You know, couldn't get, couldn't get much out of him. He was just kind of sitting there with his partner. Um, and so then, after after that, about ten minutes later, started to walk down to the locker room and slowly got myself changed. And you know, your legs don't move too well after the marathon, as you know. Yeah. So, kind of getting your legs in a pair of pants just takes more a lot more time than it usually <laughs> does. Um, so then. We grabbed a bus back to the other athlete hotel, and t- this was Thomas and I because Jack was still at the track vomiting apparently. Um, but yeah, we couldn't find him. So, but we knew he'd be right because he had his partner there. Um, we got to the other hotel, which is about two k from ours, and we decided it would be good for the legs if we just went for a bit of a walk. So, walked back to the other hotel, and then you know got back to the hotel at probably. 
probably a bit after 4.30, and when I kicked into the Wi-Fi, my phone just started going off its head. Um, you know, just <laughs> messages everywhere from people back home. So that was good. Spent spent probably the next 90 minutes just sending messages to people and um, on Facebook and all of that. And then we went to the – Thomas and I went to the post-race um, function back at the other hotel, and it was interesting. I don't know if – only the foreign athletes got invited, but there weren't really any Japanese people there. It was just the, you know, the, some of the Kenyans, some of the Ethiopians, and some of the agents and stuff. So it was pretty low key, just a just a free feed. And Thomas and I had oh, quite a few beers, and then um, just walked back to the hotel, and that was that was the end of it. Yeah, were you ready to kick on? We were both fifty fifty, um, but just circumstances said no there was just nothing happening in Otsu on a Sunday night yeah if if they had a mean something that looked good then I'm sure we would have taken the opportunity but I think we we um called it quits early and we we both had to leave the next day as well so it didn't turn out to be a bad thing and to put things into perspective just on these results here you finished 26 yeah there were 180 finishes but people 183 finishes slowest time was 240 and then there was about 70 people who didn't finish because i think this is one of the ones in japan if you don't get a certain 5k splits in time they kick you off the course it is yeah you have to have to run through 15k in under 52 minutes which is i believe about 227 pace yeah insane uh, there's a few blokes here that didn't do that like they've been it says disqualified yeah yeah it gets a it's a bit more lenient after that, but like it's still pretty tough. Like you got to split halfway in something like seventy three or seventy four minutes. Yeah. Um, Both were getting kicked off the course. Yeah, seventy three, seventy four, twenty one. You're off. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty hectic. And then you know, I think there were a few people that would have got DQ'd, but then there would have also been a lot of people that just DNF because yeah. they went too hard. There's a stack of guys, 14.50 kind of first 5K splits, and then they're just DNFing. It was crazy. I think I was 65th at 30K. Yeah. And and that's yeah. got to be good, running through people. Yeah, it was. And at one point, I think about 33, we must have overtook about 10 in the space of 100 metres. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going good here, boys. Yeah, no, that's insane. Smart way to run it. Yeah, I... And there, there's the negative split that I talked about that I, I felt like it was in me, but it just hadn't happened yet. So, you know, yeah. I wasn't talking crap when I said that the other day. It, it actually can happen. So I'm glad that I know that now. Yeah, for sure. And this has got to give you heaps of confidence going forward. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, I just, you know, just the three minutes alone, now I'm kind of looking at times, you know, I feel like, well, obviously, two sixteens not out of my reach. It's only a few seconds, but um, you know, you start to think about two fifteen, and then perhaps even two fourteen has been mm. not too far away. So you know, you just got to keep at it. And based off the way I felt the other day, I reckon I could I could attack a time like that. Whether or not I could do it, um, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. But I could at least have confidence that I could go after that. But then, I guess. I've also got to realise as well that uh, 2.14, that's pretty quick. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm getting to the point where I have to start to get some of those other shorter times down a little bit as well um, because, yeah, two, most 2.14 guys can probably run 28 minutes for 10K, I'd say. Yep. 
Definitely. Oh, that's still awesome, mate. Should be. Um, and what's on in Tassie now? They're putting on a party for you? Oh, no parties as such. Just trying to catch up with a couple of mates and... Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have a couple of couple of beers the next few weeks, I reckon, and, and celebrate it, um, especially while I'm not running so much. But right now, you know, I got home this morning, and I was like, okay, what do I have on? I, I didn't have to go for a run, didn't have to go to work. I was like, yeah, okay, this this is interesting. So, you know, it's a bit of a different bit of a different feel at the moment, but it's pretty laid back. That's good. You need that, I think. Yeah. Um, and then what date do we get? Do you get notified for um, World Champs, do you know? I've read that the selection meeting's on 22nd of May. Yeah. So I'd say very soon after that. Cross our fingers that night. Yeah, that's it. So, But I don't, I don't know if there are many marathons after kind of London, um, which would be late April. I wouldn't think there'd be much that anyone could do post then. I yeah. don't know. What do you think? Yeah, and that was no. I think you're right. That was similar last year too for uh, for Olympics, wasn't it? Yeah, they made the Olympic cut off that after London though. Yeah. So they've actually they've given you an extra month this time, but I don't think there's anything on. It's nothing in Australia, that's for sure. Nah. Canberra, Christchurch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's um. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, Rotterdam's couple boys going to Rotterdam. Do you know that? Ah, uh, who's going? Um, Toby Rain is going to run it. Oh, no, actually, yeah, yeah. No, I did know that. Dano and that? Dano and Mattress, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's before London, so... Okay, yeah. Yeah, so could well be fairly sure whether or not I'm in or not by then, I guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That'd be good. Sit back on the couch and watch it. Definitely, and then, I don't, I don't know, like, I've heard that the Com Games window is very small, but... Once that policy comes out, you never know. Could have done an early qualifier for that as well. Yeah, and they'll have to release that soon, won't they? You'd think so. I've been told that it's from, like, June to December, which is quite odd. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, maybe that fits in with why the boys aren't chasing worlds. Yeah. Yep. Hit one in the spring, and then they'll do that as the autumn one. Yeah, so if I, you know, if I make world champs, I'll probably have and my like BY one doesn't count for com games i'll probably have two cracks i'd probably have a you know a world champs crack in london and then a fukuoka in december possibly yeah that works well yeah because they'd both be four months apart which would be four months before or five months before com games so that seems like an okay plan at this point beautiful mate all sounds positive on the right track that's it mate that's it and i reckon just running that kind of time gives someone like you as well a bit of confidence that, you know, you're capable of doing that time yourself. Yeah, I must admit it was, um, oh, I don't know about that much, but it just, it's good seeing someone make that jump. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, it gives you a bit of confidence just to be like, okay, keep working hard and put the training in and it's, yeah, it's possible to make that jump. Because I think recently guys around our mark have rather been jumping backwards yeah. Or um, just, you know, we just kept banging at 220s kind of thing. Hasn't No one's been in the teens for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, nah, it's good. You've motivated me. I was loving it Sunday, Arvo. Yeah, I said I said the same thing to um, Dylan, who I run with. I said, you know, look, we've run 217, 218, mate. You're with us in other distances. Once you jump up, there's no reason why you can't do the same. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and here's a stack of talent as well. He's, um, yeah, scary how fast some of those you know, 20, 29 mid guys could go. Oh, no. Oh, no. Especially early, like, in their, in their um, running careers. 
Yeah, I know, and they're fearless too. Yeah, yeah, which is a good thing. Rightio, yeah. mate. I better not take any more of your time. Nah, thanks, mate. Thanks for, um, yeah, chatting to me. It's good thinking. We had some real good feedback from that first episode, so I think people are going to love hearing the flip side of it. Yeah, I reckon that's good. I'm more up and about now too, so hopefully I sound a bit sound a bit more excited. No, it sounded fine. It's funny some of the people that have listened to it. Like I've got people from work of they're like, yeah, I listened to the Josh Harris interview on the way to work, and I'm like, you've never run in your life. You don't know who Josh Harris is, but they're like, oh. <laughs> and and he yeah he qualified. Like they're just on the journey with you. Yeah, <laughs> which was yeah, good. Yeah, that's it. Oh, it's good, mate. The the local newspaper put up an article the other day and. They got like 300 and something likes on it. Most of their Facebook posts get like seven. Yeah, the king of Tassie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've got it. That's good, mate. Rightio. Thanks for your That's time. Mate. Recover well. Yeah, cheers, mate. See you, mate. Bye. Catch up. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.